got an hour. Is their doors closed too? Welcome, our listeners. This is WHLC. Um, this is our fourth show, I believe. Uh, we're back from Turkey Day, and we're hoping to have a good show today. Today, I have my regular guest, uh, guest host, Jesse Jones. How are you doing? I'm fine, man. How are you? I'm right. Did you enjoy your Turkey Day? Yes, I did. Nice. Any any accomplishments this Turkey Day? Um, I actually ate less and served more. That sounds that sounds like that sounds good. Uh, where'd you serve? Um, I basically served at uh African at the African Theater Museum at the African Theater in Queens. Mm-hmm. Basically, like you know, helping people and you know giving away clothes too. Nice, man. You're making me look bad, man. <laughs> oh man, my accomplishments. I was I ate a whole ham in Thanksgiving, so. Uh, oh, don't worry. I started mine early. I oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have three special guests today. Uh, please give your name. What are you What are you doing with your life? What are you studying? All that stuff. Let's go with the ladies first. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I am a student at Lehman College. My major is multimedia journalism. Hello. Uh, hi, my name is Caesar. Uh, I'm a sophomore at Lehman, uh, and I'm a bio major. And I'm Christopher Bittea. I'm also a Lehman student, and I major in linguistics. Nice. So do I. So do I. Glad to have another linguist on the show. Glad to have glad to be here. All right. So today, to folks, we got a variety of topics. Remember, folks, if you ever want to email us for questions or just general things, our email is weeklyscholar at yahoo.com. Weeklyscholar at yahoo.com. Again. Now, the first topic we're going to, we're going to talk about is Joaquin Luna. A uh, young man that died yesterday, I believe. Uh, no, no. Uh, last, Friday. last Friday. He died last Friday. Committed suicide. I believe he committed suicide because he wanted to go to college, but he was an illegal immigrant for uh, three yeah, years. We, we actually had a campaign to drop that the illegal word and change it to undocumented because we believe that no human being should be referred to as illegal. So, yeah. That's that what our whole campaign was on. All right. Go right ahead. Tell us about your campaign and tell and us the story. So the Lehman Dream Team, uh, we had a whole week campaign. What's the uh, Dream Team about? The Dream Team. Uh, it was created to have a support group for undocumented students. Undocumented students, uh, you know, where they can come together, talk about their mm-hmm. issues, uh, and, you know, feel comfortable with who they are and... You know, not feel depressed and not have this, you know, this situation. You know, as an example of he, Joaquin had no support. Uh, you know, he had no help, so he felt hopeless, and I mean, he lost hope, uh, unfortunately. Um, so that that's why we have the Lehman Dream Team to create a, a space where you know undocumented youths can come and come together for that. And also, we we work for um, you know to to pass the New York State Dream Act or the Federal Dream Act, which would uh, provide undocumented youth. Uh, a path to citizenship. Um, yeah, that's the limited dream team, basically. How do you guys feel about that? What are your reactions? 
Well, I think what he's doing is pretty good. It's basically serving our community well. Mm-hmm. That's actually a pretty good move uh, to move for the uh, the word illegal, to move it to undocumented, which is actually a, a, a big help for a lot of people because nobody wants to be considered illegal. The word illegal itself, you know, it just causes a lot of feelings towards people so to be called illegal you know here in the united states it's like well that's an automatic deportation just the whole controversy of exactly like it's just like you know when i was before i felt comfortable with my my status i was i always heard that word illegal and i felt like i'd done always done something wrong and you know it put my it put me down but you know once i just you know became i was like okay i'm not illegal like you know that's that's not a term that's used for you know for a human being you know, it just made it, it feels a lot better. So, are you saying this is a moral dilemma or an ethical dilemma? Um, I guess it could be both. <laughs> no, I mean, it is. I'm asking, do you think this is a moral and an ethical dilemma right now? Um, like yeah, how we classify yeah, people, especially with the media, because uh, the media uses a term, you know, all over the place, and people hear illegal, so they always think like it's bad. It's um. You know, I guess an alien. You know, people use the term "illegal aliens." So it just, like, I'm undocumented, but do I look like am I illegal? Like, I'm, I look like an alien. Like, it's just like the term just uh, is really, it's just wrong. It's used in the wrong way. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who are undocumented, and they they want it. Uh, I heard the case of Joaquin Luna, mm-hmm. and it sounds like he really wanted to be a school. He wanted to be an engineer. He was really smart. Like uh, I've read a lot about him, and he got into Rice University, which mm-hmm. is one of the one of one of the best schools in the in the West uh, for architecture, especially. Um, so he had so much potential. Um, and it's like I said, it's really unfortunate that he he had no support, and you know the government, politicians, you know they just played with his li- played our lives. And they didn't do anything. You know, they they always say, "Oh, we need to fix the immigration system," but they don't actually do anything about it. Yeah, the sad thing is, uh, well, the truth is that that's on a back burner right now because of a lot of issues that's going on right now. So, like, even in the next election, there will be a lot of politicians who will talk about it, but we are not guaranteed that anything exactly. will be done. They'll, they'll say what you know what you want to hear just to mm-hmm. get elected, but then they'll do what they actually believe. So yeah, they just play with people's lives basically. If you could, you you know there are more people like Joaquin Luna. Um, if you yeah, could, I, obviously, if you could, being a member of Dream Team, and what what would what would you say to those who are have similar situations? I, and, I would say just like you know, ask for help. You know, people people are there for you. You know, reach out. There's there's websites. You know that will provide support for, you know, anything. If you're you, you know you have, you have questions, you just if you feel hopeless, like you know. You feel like your life is not worth it, you know. Just reach out to somebody, ask for help. You know, there's there will always be there, someone there to help you. So, you know, don't feel like there's no one there. Uh, floor is open to anyone else. Yeah, this is when Michael Jackson's song "You're Not Alone" should come on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, don't give up. Like you know, it's it's there's always light at the end of a tunnel. And there's always a way, as much as it may not seem like it. Um, it's really, uh, it's it's sad how that phrase, it's who you know, not what you know, mm-hmm. that counts. And 
really trying to get yourself out there and trying to um, uh, go to organizations and actually meet the heads. And you'd be surprised how many would really, really actually take on a project and like, hey, what are we going to do about it? They have nothing to do on their times and they really don't mind investing because they're they're already rich enough to actually do whatever they want. So the idea of helping other people out, you'd be surprised by how many people would want to help. So I yeah definitely keep pushing, but it's a sad thing that somebody took their own life just because they felt that they couldn't do anything else about it. It's really sad how things are going on right now with government and politics issues and issues that's been around and now things are really hitting the fan. So yeah, the the truth about suicide is it it's a bad thing. It's a thing that a lot of people go through. But for folks out there who are thinking about it or contemplating about it, you have to also remember that life will go on without you. There are tons of people who will be born and, like, people. But they're taking classes. They they take two at a time. They pay for it out of pocket, and they're still happy with their lives. They wish they could be full time students, but they just can't. But they they're still happy, and I'm still happy to be a friend to them. And they've touched my life my life in a lot of ways. And I think that's what Dream Team and a lot of other people and organizations like it should continue to do keep touching people's lives yeah, um last remarks and then we'll take a break uh well yeah just uh just say like you know just to go back on the politicians i'm not gonna bash on them or anything but mm-hmm. you know like you know like joaquin lost hope right he you know there, there could have been uh hope for him the the federal dream act was really really close to passing uh last february last uh, december um it, it came down to five votes mm-hmm. that would have you know passed the bill and it would have changed all of our lives, you know. And when this, this this didn't pass, you know, I think that's what got to Joaquin that, you know, people didn't care. Like they they gave he gave up on the, on politicians because they gave up on him or they never had hope in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it's unfortunate again. Like the politicians just, you know, they play with people's lives and you know they don't actually try and fix you know problems that we have in in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like immigration reform is—it's it's, just—it it would just be something that would just, I think, would improve this country, and um, and make it better. Definitely, we definitely agree. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is WHLC Weekly Scholar. This show is only an hour, folks, so we try not to take uh, too much time away from you. Uh, but we do hope you enjoy our music. Uh, we play Vivaldi and a bunch of others. 
So we're going to talk about the court system in America again. Uh, me and Jesse Jones have both talked about it before, but we're going to talk about it in a different aspect. The other day I was sitting down with a police officer who I know, and I asked her this question that I will pose to, uh, pose to you now. If, you have, if you're a judge and you have two parents, one male, one female, the mother is a known drug user, former drug user. She's still kind of on it. She lives on welfare. She lives in the like, south side of Chicago or South Bronx. And just, you know, she, she's been stagnant. While the dad, on the other hand, he has a college degree. He's got a job. He's got a, he's got a life partner that can help him out with a lot of things. Uh, he has enough... He, he basically has the resources to make the kid's life better, better opportunities. If you're a judge, who do you give the kid to if they're fighting for custody? Uh, this is a, that's a tough choice to make, but I would, uh, but I would definitely pick the father. Definitely uh, the dad. Yeah, clearly the dad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I thought clearly the dad. But to my surprise, the officer said to me this. She said that American society works in a way, in a court system, where they would rather the mother, they'd rather be wrong with the mother than wrong with the father. Even with all those qualities that I said with the mother, they would rather risk the child's life by sending it to the mother than with the dad. Why? It's a whole... It's. It's not even about the kids' kids' safety or well-being anymore with this. It's just about that's how society perceives it to be. Society or the system. Because I know the system was made up really to um, favor the mom hmm. when it came to custody battles. Just because back in the day, you know, mom nurtured nature and, oh, you know, moms can take care of you. But now that things have changed... Um, where men and women, well, men can actually take care of their children. It's the system hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. There are more stay-at-home dads there's, now there's than still, ever. still, you know, so the system hasn't changed, I guess, legally mm-hmm. through documents, policies, or whatever, hasn't changed where now they still favor the mom even though it's through bad conditions. So that's, that's a damn, it's a, it's, it's a shame. Yeah, like um, like you just mentioned before, the father has a college degree. He has resources to make the kid life a better, happier life. And yet his mother is on welfare. She's doing crack, abusive, probably. I'm just assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why would you? Why wouldn't you give it to the father? Yeah, it it really it really bothers me because society's changed so much to the point where. Men, men are men know how to cook. Over a majority of men in our generation know how to cook and can cook very well. We know how to deal with children. We know how to deal with a lot of different things. And yet, if it came down to that, none of us would see our kids because the fact that we're men. I don't see a gender studies class or or gender studies professors outraging about that. Why? I also feel like it's more cultural too because if you notice, uh, it's played in a lot of our media. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, 
Like, um, if you ever watch a Tyler Perry movie, who hmm. does he seem to favor? Women. Often? Yeah, women. And um, a lot of times they'll assume that women are more nurturing, they're more caring for their children and stuff. But if you notice, though, sometimes women aren't the best role models. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Definitely. I haven't seen... I don't see much of female role models uh, a lot of the times. It's hard to find. Like right now, who would be a, a really strong female role model that I can actually follow and look up to? And I'd probably, probably most likely pick um, uh, uh, Dawson, Rose, Rosalind Dawson. I'm saying this wrong. Um, She's an actress, writer, and uh, a singer, mm-hmm. and uh, she's she was basically a New York native, and she's gone through a lot of things, and she just keeps on pushing. Does a lot of independent films, and she did a, a, a poetry jam. I forgot what it was called. The name of it just slips my mind from an HBO special, but that's something positive. But besides that, I haven't seen any females out there to really hold their ground and stick to it. I'm not going to name uh, women like J-Lo or um, Eve because, I mean, as much as they've done what they've done, it's just, I'm sorry. Fashion is something that you can learn anytime, and I just don't see anything intellectual that any of these women are actually taking part of um i don't know i feel that you know there are a lot of female role models out there but most of the time they don't like they're not you know given the proper respect because because they're doing the right thing and it seems to me that society sometimes would rather just air the dirty laundry than to Put on, you know, how to how to how to properly approach a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like about you were just talking about J Lo and um, Eve and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean they do fashion and stuff. They do singing, they act and stuff like that. And a lot of times, I guess that's what girls have to follow. Yeah, so I, I look at society sometimes, and I see like you look at the Mari show, or you look at court cases, and it's majority like women. Like you never see, you, you may see like one of like a thousand, where it's the dad who's doing right, or who's taking care of his kids, or who's who's really putting in effort. And a lot of people feel like women are naturally nurturing, but men can be nurturing. I've known men that were very nurturing compared to women. <laughs> women, my God! Like there are some really tough women out there. They, why? What are you guys' reaction? Well, the, the the problem with that is that when you do see a father that's doing the right thing, it seems to society that he's weak. Mm-hmm. And when indeed, it's not, he's not weak at all. He's actually doing you know what you're supposed to do as a parent. Mm-hmm. Which is to support your child and raise them, and you know try and do your best to raise them the right way. Yeah. When it comes to, I, I know a lot of good um, dads out there, and he's right. When it comes to being considered weak, and it's like it's not, it's not at all. And this whole idea of society, and and I blame really the media on it because the media really isn't doing anything about spreading the truth. 
they're of course they're 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 known for not um, telling the truth. They're known for just pulling up scandals, anything negative, controversy, anything that would just spark your interest. Nobody wants to hear good news, which is surprising because I'm like, wait, you'd rather watch news which is all negative and sad and just makes you lose hope each and every single day. Is there ever a time I haven't? I don't remember a good story where something positive happened i haven't even seen any good stories where you know certain troops come home and there's all surprise you know i'm gonna surprise my kid at their school i haven't seen anything uh, lately at all so it's like ah i give up i cut my cable off Mm -hmm. well what news have you been watching lately uh i'm I'm, please don't tell me fox news please no 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 no, no. fox (laughs) news definitely not um new york one Mm -hmm. new york one is pretty good um, but uh, I like to watch uh, international news. Uh, I'm bilingual, so I, I watch a lot of uh, Univision and Telemundo. Absolutely. So, uh, um, so <laughs> I mean, but for some of the good news, it's just, it's not much. Yeah. It's really not much. It's like, oh, there's a puppy. I don't know. I think I think that their theory is the more controversial something is, the more money they make from it. Mm-hmm. Controversy creates cash. But uh, going back to the original topic, how do you, uh, just to close this topic off, what would you want to see in our generation <laughs> with, like, because our generation has changed to the point where a man can be nurturing and... What would you say has to happen for it to be acceptable for that to happen? Where a man can be nurturing and you consider more than just gender? Uh, sad to say, I think the woman has to die. <laughs> the woman has to die. Sadly to say that. Explain. Like, if there's a mom and the father and the mom dies, clearly they gotta give it to the dad. I think Jesse just had a heart attack. <laughs> Whoa, okay, so the the mom has to die. I get that, but if the mom isn't gonna die. Oh no, she's not going to die willingly. Hope willingly. <laughs> but if the lady's still alive and she just so happens to be a terrible mother, then. I think wipe her out, knock her out, get somebody. You, so you're talking about the situation I posed earlier. I mean, okay. okay. Well, I mean, okay. There's there's that option, mm-hmm. but that would be the super last resort. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand because, all right, I, I I understand that you know, I I know a lot of, of of dads who wish that upon their baby mamas, but you know, reality, they're not gonna you know shed their blood. But um, I guess they have to keep trying and fighting. So my thing is, I say. Because I've been telling my um, um, brother to do it for years. Um, Videotapes, pictures, wiretaps, the whole works, the whole works. Like, put it all up there and just make it known that, you know, this is what's happening. And I think people really need to actually take, stop being scared for just 10 minutes. Make a plan and follow through and and really blow it up. Like, do something crazy. It's crazy enough to actually, hey, go on top of a building, call the media station. Hey, I'm on top of a building. I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to send you this tape and do that, you know, to get what you want. If you really want your child, you will stop at the ends of the earth to do everything you can. But because mm-hmm. society and what people will think of you, at the end of the day, 
you have to forget what society for, thinks because society really doesn't know much. For those good They're dads. basing everything on... For those good dads out there, we'd like to thank you for doing the things that you're doing. And we tell you to keep it up and keep on going. We know that it can be very hard for you guys. But we do support you and we do hope that you just... Like when you're with your daughters or you're with your sons, you, you keep on going. And like if you have to wear the apron, wear it uh, to cook, wear it proudly. <laughs> uh, what do you call? It? All right. So next topic of discussion. So these are two topic. These are two topics, but we're gonna talk about them in one. So last weekend was Black Weekend. It's not just Black Friday anymore. It's the Black Weekend. And there are tons of things that people just kept. People bought a lot of things. Did anybody get anything here for Black Weekend? I did. What did you get? I got um, clothes this time. Uh, Nice. Just clothes. I kind of got my electronic list from last year, so I don't need much. Anything? Uh, Anyone else? Uh, I didn't buy anything, but I did see someone buy something. Yeah. So we spent, I think the weekend, we spent $53 billion. What? Yes. With a B? With a B. Hmm? With a B. With a B. Billion. $53 billion. And a lot of people say... Um, I thought we were in a recession. That's what I thought. <laughs> what happened? You would think, how much are we in for? We're in for fourteen trillion and growing. Oh, trillion! Yes, we're done. Yeah. Um, we ain't never gonna come out. That, of this. That's the thing. The news media has clearly manipulated the situation because you look at it and you're like, okay. A lot of people are saying the market is good, the economy is great, we've spent $53 billion, this is great. When you compare $53 billion to $14 trillion, does $53 billion seem big anymore? No, this is what happens. That $14 trillion eats the $53 billion. That's some chump change right there. (laughs) Yes. And then it's going to go right back up. Within who knows how long? Wow, fourteen trillion within what ten eight years? Um, since Ronald Reagan, so that's close to 30, no. 30 years. Uh uh-uh, uh, because we were in a surplus with Clinton. Yeah, but we still had debt from China that oh. we didn't really pay off. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, but um, so we have just a lot of we have a lot of debt. A lot of the media made a big deal of the 53 billion dollars and i'm like we're still in a hole 14 trillion that that's like me and you that's like all of us winning 10 million dollars and we owe 100 million dollars in college debt (laughs) (laughs) wow no wonder why a lot of supposedly all these budget cuts and all these cuts period Mm -hmm. and they're still not helping at all i mean it's getting it's getting worse in america right now there are 16 million homeless youth in the United States of America, there are, I would say there are about 43 million people who are unemployed or trying to look for jobs. It might be more because they're, they don't count people who are continuing to look for work. And what's happening now with businesses, our businesses are not doing well because you have a bunch of people who are overstaffed and overworked and just... 
that it, it creates bad chemistry with your customers, and like you, you go to a store and people are unfriendly, and they're or they're just like it, it is just really bad right now. So America, in America, economy just keeps on going over, and guess what? Europe economy, Europe's economy is going down. Oh, now you know it's bad. And yeah. now they want us to bail out them. So, as as a regular American looking at all these situations, what are your thoughts? That's impossible because right now we, we like it's not that we don't want to help them. It's that right now we got to get our own situation straight. And it's not just like you know, it's not just the economy itself. It's also inflation, which actually causes us to have to pay more to print money that's worth less. And plus, if you're talking about Europe as a general, you mean like 17 countries and the European Union is falling down? Basically. Wow. The American dollar really isn't even of value anymore mm-hmm. out there. And then I just actually spoke to my mom who lives in uh, another country, third world country, and she said it's a lot more expensive to buy stuff out there than here. I was in disbelief. I am in disbelief. So we're done. That's <laughs> how I feel. That's how we die because our money is not strong enough. Yes, but our money is not strong enough, and there we. The way Congress is working right now, we're not doing anything. We're not like we're not raising taxes. We're not building roads or anything like that to fix. Like we have fixed these problems before. And because of the just just the way politics works now, Republicans won't work with Democrats. Democrats are trying to work with Republicans, but they won't let uh, they won't let up. It, I, I'm just scared right now to be an American who trusts who wants to trust his government because of the political nonsense. Nobody has said we need to do something. <laughs> Nobody. I think a lot of people have been saying that. It's just, is it being done? No. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, people are, you know, blinded by greed, by how much money they have. These politicians are making how much money? And if everybody just put in, I think if everybody put in just $1, just $1, can it actually make a difference? Would it help? No. No. No, because that would only be three hundred and eleven million dollars. Yeah, give or take. Wow, that's that's horrible. It's 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 super scary. So the hope is really coming out and then just dying in our faces. Everywhere we go, hope is just dying. Nobody. What, what else do we have? And then people well, get yeah. mad when you know you have the minorities doing crime, social disorder. And then the surprising thing is they're still building prisons mm-hmm. up the wazoo, overcrowding yeah. the prisons. They're, they're building prisons, but they're letting prisoners go as well as some states because they're saying that they can't afford to put people in jail anymore. It takes about twenty-three to $40,000 a year to keep someone in prison. Yep. Uh, ironic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy how things are going. So it's, it's, it's amazing. And then I'm still trying to think about, I mean, would... <laughs> Would the would legalizing uh, marijuana help? Um, 
But I mean, just seriously, really, would it help? I mean, it might. I don't see how it can hurt. Exactly, <laughs> hope. But I don't. I, I don't know if they're gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do it. I, I don't. I really don't believe anything's gonna happen to America right now. Unless uh, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna change for the better until it gets worse. Until like millionaires are have lost all of their money. <laughs> Great Depression happens yes, again. Great Depression happens. I think, if anything, what I'm going to try and do is uh, learn how to use a gun. Learn how to camp and fish and just exercise so I can walk for miles. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to move to Canada. <laughs> You're moving to Canada? Yeah, I'm moving yeah. to Canada. Wait, what, is there a particular country right now that's actually okay? Surprisingly, Switzerland is doing okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. India is creating billionaires like every year. Like lots of billionaires. Uh, China's still doing okay, but their dependence on us, we're, we're dependent on each other. Mm-hmm. If we go down, the world goes down. And China goes down. <laughs> down so well. my thing is that, so if we're going down, if we go down and the rest of the world goes down, yep. how, all right, besides the country that are not doing well, what about the countries that are doing well? Can't they help us out? But then again. They don't have enough money. None of them. Nobody has enough money. Nobody we're, has if, enough if money. We're, if we're the country with the most money. But yet we're the biggest debt? Yeah. Yep. Makes no we're sense. the biggest debt. And we have a whole lot of enemies that uh, that we did wrong to in history that I would doubt that they would yeah. want to help us. Super. Mm-hmm. Big time. So, if one somebody said this to me, they said that America would really take money seriously if we made it harder to get a credit card. Let's say that you couldn't get a credit card unless you made eighty-six thousand dollars a year. How do you think that would change America? I think it actually would surprisingly help because this whole idea of getting everything on credit mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Um, if you don't have cash, then you obviously can't get it. Why are you going to get things that you really don't need on a credit card? You know, it just makes no sense. It's it's ridiculous. And for me, the word credit card just automatically means debt, whether you're given a $600 or a $1,000 limit. It's just, it means you're in debt. Like, you, you're, you don't have the cash, so you're going to pay it back. But technically, you don't have the cash to pay it back anyway. So your credit score is like, no, it's ridiculous. It's, it's um, uh, Jesse, how do you feel about it? You're going to be a financial lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, criminal justice. Okay. But um, as far as credit cards go, it, it, it has an advantage, but the advantage is not very much worth it. But on the other hand, it'll force people to really think about what they're doing with their money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? You know, like, you know, it's basically like the parent taking the kid to the bank to show them what happens and how to make the transaction. If you don't do that while they're young and then you just, voila, give them a credit card and they're older, what you, what you going to expect to happen? You're going to yeah. get that bill and it's going to be, and you won't be mad at them. Yeah. You see people that live these lavish lifestyles, the um, yuppies or just other people who have houses and they buy tons of things and expensive wines and you realize that they're living off credit cards or they're living debt to debt and they're hoping that it will pay off. But if you made it harder, if you said that 
hey, in order to have a credit card, you need to have some cash to back you up. Like, in practice, like, that that would show America something because we don't even, the American system doesn't even work out like that. Like, what if our debtors called us and said, okay, in order for you to borrow money, we hope that you have some capital, some savings somewhere. And, like, if that were to happen, we would we wouldn't make it <laughs> i don't think we have any yeah at this point we rely on credit cards so much that i notice a lot of people not even carrying paper money anymore mm-hmm. it's like when you go to a store since it's accepted just about everywhere mm-hmm. might as well yeah and the trick with that is if you don't see your money if you don't see yourself losing the money then you spend more so that's what's great about credit cards and uh, debit cards. You just swipe, swipe away until you look at your computer one day like, uh-oh, I'm above my limit. <laughs> but people need to be financially savvy. Mm-hmm. People aren't financially savvy. It's, it's The word save really isn't in anybody's vocabulary anymore. I don't hear any, any people saying, oh, I have a savings account. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't see them really using it yeah and then when if you are saving and you're sitting on something um are you actually trying to learn how to flip it Mm -hmm. uh in the sense of you know putting money in a cd account or uh investment account investment account um money market account or any kind of account so you don't hear that anymore and people are afraid of banks yeah so i know people who would rather hide money in their walls or in their um what do you call it in their mattresses than put it in a bank in the freezer (laughs) okay that's next to the chicken (laughs) (laughs) wow but yeah financial literacy is something that we should all look into as a country and as as people uh, we just we're just really horrible with finances, and it's translating. It's translating really horribly to our practices and business and all that stuff. And and part of the problem is that people sometimes they fight the truth. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you have someone that's actually trying to show you how to do something the proper way, like or how to manage your money properly, and you fight it. It's like, you know, the, like eventually at some point they say, you know what, I tried, but he's just not getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Occupy Wall Street movement, uh, what do you call it, we're switching topics really quickly. Occupy Wall Street movement is, I don't know what's going on right now. I, I know that there's less people and all that stuff, but um, and Occupy movements are happening all over the world. But I think one big thing that's happening is they don't have a clear message of what they want. Like, we're all talking about all these big financial things uh, weekly at the Weekly Scholar, but I haven't heard anything from Occupy Wall Street. Do you think this is another the issue like the 1960s of just a bunch of people just protesting but with no clear... Have you been to Occupy Wall Street? Yes. And you haven't heard anything? I mean, I've heard a lot of different ideas, but I want to hear... Hey, take it over, Jesse. Like a focused point. Yeah. I think that... Like, I I went there, but it it seems to me as if, like, they they have a goal. It's just that they don't... It's just that the plan is in question. Mm. Like... 
when like the situation where they uh, where they cut off traffic and, and on the Brooklyn Bridge after actually being led by police into the tra- and actually into the traffic. Mm-hmm. Somebody should have stopped and said, wait a minute, why are we cutting off the traffic when the walk path is right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's easy to be fooled by the police. Oh, sure, come over here. And then all of a sudden, nope, I'm arresting you. That's they were they, That was a trap. Well, in, I, I have heard from a lot of people from Occupy Wall Street that New York City is, had approached it in a way that made them look poorly. They 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 put a lot of officers there more than they needed to. They put more barriers and just they 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 made them look like criminals when they weren't criminals. They were just a bunch of people who wanted to protest and they wanted to share their ideas. And when you're a police officer or like security guard, you're taken out of that citizen role. You're taken out of the role of. Hey, they're fighting for police officers too. Like police officers are losing their jobs, they're losing their they're losing their wages. They're they're getting affected by the decreases in spending, just like everyone else. So you just have and you and you just look at the media and you're like, what is actually going on there? Can we trust the media to portray? No, I don't think so. Media is not to be trusted. Aren't you a media major? I am. I, I really, really am. And, and being in the media, uh, which is why I'd like to stick to radio, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube channels. But when it comes to television, mm-hmm. you're really not going to get the idea that you want to be, uh, that you want to spread across. Um, television networks are just not good. So radio, I am very confident with radio even though people really don't listen to it as much as i'd like them to but oh no no please i listen to radio all the time especially whenever i go on a road trip or something like that like whenever you travel from new york city wisconsin or new york city to california you need the radio cool so yeah i think the radio is is a way to go Hmm. <laughs> How do you feel that this will affect the Occupy movement? Because a lot of governments and uh, and media outlets have taken the approach that these people are bad when they're just ordinary citizens who are really concerned about what's going on. Yeah, but... Um like you said before with the police officers and how they had cut down their wages, too. It's like, well... How are you going to defend something bad? It's really like you can't win in no situation like this. Mm-hmm. It, it's a non-win situation, you say? Yeah. Why do you feel that way? Because I feel like, especially if you're a cop, mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to pro, if you're going to stop these protesters from protesting for something that you would want, some like you would want to happen. Wouldn't you kind of feel like as if you're doing this job for the wrong purpose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess I guess a police officer in that instance would be thinking about how he's going to pay his bills more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is which is something uh, which is like we're facing ethical problems every day, huh? Uh, it just never ends. Yeah. 
it's that it's like on one side you you don't like what they're doing, but on the other side, it's yeah, you know, it's their job. It, it's literally like I like to pose this question mm-hmm. to a lot of different people. Like, how would you feel if you were in a in a profession where you know that every day? You deal with different. You come across different types of scenarios or situations, and how do you approach it, knowing that you know their your posi- your your position actually puts your life on the line. Like you know, you wake up one day and you know that there's a strong chance that you might not come back through that door. Mm-hmm. That is true, but I always look back at what happened in Germany and a bunch of other countries with the genocide of. Uh, with the genocide of Jews and I look at it and I look at the Nazis who did all these things and they always say it was my job that that's how they maintained their livelihood that's that was their duty as soldiers for to for to do what their commander said so John you comparing the policemen to Nazis I'm I'm not doing that what I'm doing is posing uh, the questions of ethics like when do people when do people stop using the excuse of this is my job and start using their experience from their job and looking out looking outside of their job as well and outside of their position to kind of better both situations what do you think? Um, I think it's a... Wait a minute. In the sense of totally went blank. I'm sorry. I know. We have really intense conversations on the show. It is really intense. And posing... Somebody else take the floor. <laughs> um, I don't know how to really approach it other than to say that is basically profession responsibilities versus morals and sometimes your your morals outweigh your responsibilities and sometimes people just kind of you know push push away what they believe in in order to do the job i was told a while ago that how how you approach your profession and how you approach your future is this Know your morals and know what you're about before you get into your profession. If you go into a business or if you go into any type of situation like that where, uh, what do you call it, where you're working for money, do not rely on the companies that you work for or the people that you work for to teach you your morality. Do not do it. Know what you're about before you get into those situations. Because what your company or the people you work for are teaching you how to how to approach situations are going to favor the company. They're not necessarily going to favor you. Like if you're a lawyer and you know that somebody you feel like somebody is innocent, but your boss is telling you that you have to prove him guilty. And they say, don't worry about it. This happens. You'll get over it. It's about making your money. Da, 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 da. Inside, you're going to be dying inside to the point where you don't have anything left. You won't have, like, everything that you stood for before that will be gone. And the person you used to be, well, you won't have a connection with that person anymore. 
So what do you guys think about that? I think that's very valid. I think that's true. You definitely have to know who you are before you get into anything. Personally, if you don't know who you are, then how will you know what to follow, who to follow, or who do you look up to? Knowing yourself and believing in whatever morals, beliefs, is very, very important. And if you don't have anything to believe in, what's the next step? You will forever be lost. No, but if you do, if you realize, if you look at a situation and you feel something in your heart that this is wrong, then you do know yourself. You do know parts of yourself where you're like, this doesn't seem right to me. That's no, that's your reaction. With that reaction, you know that, okay, something, something's wrong here. To know the difference between right and wrong is one thing, but to know the difference to actually do something about it, whether you're going to stand and let it happen or whether you're going to do something about it is another thing. Mm -hmm. So not in the sense of if you saw somebody in danger and you're going to try and go and help them, you might, or you might not just because you're scared, but to go ahead and then maybe call the police or go home and just let it rock like nothing happened. There's a difference. Yeah, and in these tough times, are you really to make that choice? I mean, our economy is failing in the way it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe even if, like, if you take out the economy or, like, you know, or, or you take out different reasons for not doing something, you know, somebody might still just, like, you know, be undecided or maybe just not even want to deal with it at all. Mm-hmm. But just because you don't, but just because you're undecided or don't want to deal with it, doesn't mean that the situation doesn't exist. Mm. I mean, there could be a situation where we, but what do you call it? There could be a situation where we're blamed for a lot of the things because we didn't act, because we stood by and did nothing, and that happens throughout history, where people are blamed for things that, not what they did, but what they failed to do. They failed to say more. They failed to act. They failed to look at their society that they're living in and make a change in it. And, or And they just kept on going with it. And it's because Instead of fear. Of fear and not questioning things. and That's not where, what we're about here on this show. Hmm. All right. This, this, has been, this has been a lot of deep stuff. But uh, we're going to change it to a less deep topic. We're going to change it to bullying in America. How do you guys feel about bullying? Hmm. I used to be a bully. so uh, I doubt that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I think um, right now the way things are going, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. I, I blame parents. Mm-hmm. Parents aren't really teaching their kids how to get along anymore, uh, ethics, morals. They're just letting them slide. I feel like a whole bunch of people are just having kids, and it's like, "Ah, well, I was pregnant, and it was wrong to get rid of you, so I kept you, but that's it. So it's like, wait, you're in charge of this life. You're in charge of this brain. You are held responsible, and you don't think of anything of it to take the time to really care and teach this child whether to be better than you so or you're worse. you're you're describing what's it like why a bully is bullying are you saying that um yeah all right go ahead keep Be- going because you know a lot of the times 
bullies are, are they want. I, I, I think it's also because, you know, that really roots down to their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, if parents aren't backing them up, then who do they have to back up? So they're taking their frustrations out on others. And it's sad. Mm-hmm. So what are they supposed to do and think between what's right and wrong? And other times, like, you know, when you're, when, when you want to bully somebody, there's always a chance that you might pick on the wrong person. And then that's where guns come into the situation. Like, you know, like the Columbine shooting or, uh, or, you know, something like, you know, so it's, it's literally like a situation that could have been squashed with a handshake, but something or someone didn't do something didn't happen or someone didn't do something about it because in some, in certain situations like if you if it's taking place at a school you know you have teachers you have authoritative figures that just sit back and watch it happen but when that the victim becomes you know when they when they get fed up with it and then after somebody got shot or something like that, then they then that's when people realize, oh, I should have stepped in. I could have stopped this, but um, but I didn't do anything. I mean, bully also takes other forms too, such as um, being on the internet now. They have cyberbullying. That happens a lot. I mean, bullying's not just teenagers. Like bullying, oh, yeah. adults bully each other. You can bully each other at the office, for God's sakes. And this is not right, but it happens. But, like, when you're a teenager, it's physical bullying because there aren't really, there aren't too many ramifications. Like, you get detention. That's really it. But when you're an adult, people bully each other with words, really. Or just with, uh, what do you call it, with actions that are not, that harmful actions that aren't physical. Threatening? Yeah. Aren't physically th- threatening because that's what they can get away with. Yeah, verbal punches and kicks. Mm-hmm. Words are bullets, but people have to. People forget that words are just words, mm-hmm. and people can definitely manipulate it into a really strong bazooka, and you could take it to heart. But that's when people need to understand their emotions. Emotional intelligence is uh, is what I'd like to to say if you can understand what emotion you're going through reflect on what's happened and then try to find a solution to just move away from it and still try to be positive Mm -hmm. i think that's a strategy people need to learn instead of just reacting to what bothered you people need to or i think logic and reasoning need to come into play and people forget or just getting away from the situation for a little bit that can be a big help oh man um just to add on to what she's saying like whenever you act on emotions especially if you're angry you know like nine times out of ten you're not making the right decision Mm -hmm. that's true um any last thoughts on bullying uh, yeah, sometimes bullying can help. Sometimes bullying doesn't help most of the time. But in all cases, though, if you have a bully, I think you need to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, understand that there's someone on your back and you need to get them off. Someone help me out. But how? Like, a lot of people are afraid to look weak and ask for help. So they take it on, they bottle it up, they let it um, 
swell up either towards something negative or a, a, a lot of comedians talk about bullying and when they talk about bullying they make fun of it and like it's funny at the time but you also look at a bunch of other things like you see cases where bullying led to a person having bullying can lead to a person having multiple personalities because of their self-doubt or like nobody ever helping them out it can lead to more stress and anxiety can lead to suicide it can lead to a lot of different things and people just they shrug it off they they laugh at it until like until something happens where it, it just got it just got really bad like a kid commits suicide at school or pulls a gun out or that kid just ruins his life as well as someone else's life by doing a crime because he was bullied too much and i guess i guess we should look i think people should really look into this matter more and to talk to their kids and make sure that their kids defend themselves not only uh, physically but uh, emotionally or try to make sure that they don't get to that point Um, our last topic of the day because we have a few minutes left so i like to pose this situation to you i was at a small conference and while I was at this small conference, we were talking about the Occupy movement. And while we were there, uh, people were talking about how come Tea Partiers or Republicans uh, vote for the rich all the time. This is just manipulation. And I said, it's, it's culture. People vote their culture. They've been Republicans for a long time. And they say that Republicans lower their taxes and also... That that's just what you do in that culture. So people do that. And I, like after living in the Midwest for a little bit, I understand. I I understand why they would vote Republican. I mean, there were times when I was thinking about voting Republican because I got to meet some of the candidates, and I was like, "Hey, this guy, this guy, this guy's not bad. I I like what I like what he's posing to me and to what he wants to do." And when I said that, people, like, their mouth, their jaws just dropped. It was like, what? <laughs> well, I guess be, mostly because I guess I'm a person of color, and they've never heard of a person of color being, like, wanting to vote for a Republican. But I look at it, and I say, in order to solve a problem, you can't just have one thought. You have to have multiple people to add to the add to the puzzle. How come people don't think about how come people don't like to incorporate other ways of thinking or other cultures in order to solve problems? Because that's how problems really get solved the best. The more information you have, the better you can solve it. I think it's because they they don't know. They really don't know. Nobody tells them roots back to education. There's not that much out there right now. There's not that many people or even teachers that care enough to go ahead and say something. And then when they do learn, they learn it when it's too late. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like politics is like a hot button, such as if it's like considered religion. Like, why would you choose one religion over the other? Or why would you um, not choose two religions? Mm-hmm. And I feel like as if if you're going to choose a party, though, you feel like you have to 
um, be by his side completely. You have to um, understand what they're about, and hopefully that kind of like relates with your personality. Um, the thing is, sometimes it comes from lack of understanding because, you know, people think of politics as, you know, like a game of hot potato. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to get caught with it. But on the other hand, there there are some good people in politics, and I think they get into the I think they get into it for the right reasons. But they're also up against a huge system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. How come people don't think of outside the box as much as they should? Do you think it's a complacency? Some people just don't want to know. Just don't want to know the truth. Before I actually uh, came back to college, I have to say I was very, I was very ignorant. Mm-hmm. I, I thought a certain way. I, you could say I thought single-mindedly, mm-hmm. and then going into classes, history. Um, really checking out the hip-hop history, not just for the music, but the socioeconomic, the urban crisis behind it of why this could have led to what, and reading a lot about it finally just kind of like opened my eyes, where it led me to look at the news a different way, hear the radio a different way, and now listen to the lyrics in hip-hop music uh, from old school and new and actually see what's going on so it it it, it takes it takes a lot for a person to want to know and seek out but for most they just don't want to know mm-hmm. anything else to add go ahead go ahead that's fine well yeah i also noticed that a lot of americans aren't into politics and they don't like voting. It's a big problem. Yeah. yeah. It's a big, it a big problem. our generation. It's a big problem. It's amazing. I'm telling you, uh, there was a sign up at Occupy Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not the exact quote, but it's basically paraphrased. It basically said that if uh, Martin Luther King was here today, he wouldn't like what he saw. And, um, and, uh, when it comes to voting, nobody wants to vote. It's always the same excuse. It doesn't count. It, it, nobody really cares. But if nobody cares and you want a change to happen, but you're not going to vote, how do you expect change to come? I, I look at it as if, I look at it as like this. Change is not going to come fast. No. Change happens slowly. Very, very slowly. So you have to be consistent. You have to just keep going with it and hope that, okay, I may not see, I may not live to see the change, but you're not just going at it for you. You're going at it for your kids and your grandkids. And that is what we have not been doing because when we get older in our 60s and our 70s, we may not have Medicare or like pensions or anything like that. I don't, people have to remember it's a it's a process. Mm-hmm. Like you know that that's like people people who don't who don't you know pay attention to to the small details oftentimes miss the big picture, mm-hmm. or basically all they see is the big picture, but they forgot 
or they forget to look at the small pieces that mm-hmm. were put together for for the picture. Yeah. A lot of the Arab countries in Africa right now are having uh, elections, and a big problem for a lot of the people who live in those countries are a lot of them are illiterate. They can't read. They they know who they want to vote for, but they don't know who what their how to say their name or how to spell it, how to express, and that leads to uh, you're you're a linguist like me. How can that affect a society? Well, especially if you're not literate, you can't express your thoughts on paper. Mm-hmm. You can't read other people's thoughts on paper. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of like contributes to the whole um, going back into time and realizing that the rich have more power than the poor. Mm-hmm. Especially if the rich is more educated and have more of a sense to understanding what's on, written on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Amer- in America, for the most part, we're literate, but we're the way we approach literacy is if it's not fast, we don't want it. <laughs> like if it's not something that is like, okay, where's my news? Bam, done. Or but we rather spend majority of time we 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 can spend hours watching football or like sport or talking about LeBron and, and Kobe, but we can't really read into what's going on with society at large or the world and i think that's creating a lot of different problems I mean, so uh, oh go ahead i mean it's funny that we're a literate country and we don't like reading or we don't like voting and there's people all over the world who aren't literate mm-hmm. who wish that they could have this amazing skill mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 forget how amazing we are, uh, how lucky we are sometimes. How and this is roots back to why undocumented um, immigrants come here, mm-hmm. and they want an opportunity to better themselves. But mm-hmm. a lot of of our own don't take advantage of it. I People mean, in the projects don't take advantage of the fact that they can go to school for mm-hmm. free. Yep. I mean, it, it, drive, it drives me crazy sometimes because I'm like, yeah, our education system is not perfect. But you want to know why it's not perfect? Because the rich don't just go to school. Everyone goes to school here. So it's not going to be perfect. You're going to have so much diversity and so many different people have so many economic classes to the point where there are going to be some inconsistencies. They're gonna where we incorporate everyone in this society and education, and that's what makes this country great. And I say, I say to people, be thankful for the education that you have and keep on going with it. But uh, okay, show is about to end. But uh, for our guests, give your final statements about today, what you've learned, or just or anything you feel, or anyone you'd like to give a thanks to. Knowledge is power. You can take the time to actually learn whatever you want. There are libraries, the internet, as much as it's full of a bunch of unnecessary information, nonsense, there is a lot of other information you could still use. Um, Take your free time. Mm -hmm. Stop with the Facebook. Um, remember that it's a process and it's not going to, and whatever, whatever is really good in life is not just going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and undocumented does not necessarily mean illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a big thing. 
Um, my final statement today is that we've had a, you know, we've had a great show. I'm glad I, I'm glad we've brought a great show to you folks. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you to all our participants. And also, I tell people to really look at life. Look at life. Live life to the fullest. If something's not going your way, look at trying to find some other things in life that are worth that are worth investing in. Try not to invest everything into one belief or just one thing, because when that thing leaves you, you're you're going to be devastated, and that devastation is going to be hard to get over. So, try doing some things that during this lifetime will make you happy. If you can't afford to go to college, try taking one class at a time or work towards it. You may not have the life that society wants for you. You may not be have the gigantic car and the big house and all that stuff or the things you see on television, but just remember that that's just television. That's all it is is television. A lot of it is made up. A lot of it is bought through credit cards and stuff like that. And if you want to live a good life, there's no big standards. It could be it could be anything, but just try to keep on. Do what's right. Do what you feel is right. Do what you feel is good, and don't take for granted this life that we have. This has been WHLC Leaving College. Uh, we'd like to wish you a good night, and see you next week.